0: And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale. And all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast, presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore.
1: Gary's that beard's filling out, man. Looking good. It's yeah, tight
2: dude. up against his face.
3: <laughs> look like he's
2: groomed it. Yeah, groomed it a little bit. Just Excelente. Look pull, right? pull it up, just yeah, about like that. <laughs> the bottom of Rusty's beard is actually a wildlife management area. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve thousand acres. I mean, I, uh, uh, modern, modern right. Drew I've only known you for about five minutes, but I feel like I can ascertain that immediately. That's a WMA right there. Some rough oh, terrain.
0: Oh man. Well, great to see everybody <sighs> well, this fine thanks, afternoon. Fine. This this is a this is the best one of the nicest afternoons we've had in a in a yeah, while. It is. Doors open. Doors open, yeah. Here at the global headquarters. Right. Hey, to my left, Daniel Roop. Dr. Dan Roop. Good to see you, Dan. Happy to be here. We're going to talk about this podcast, the Secret Whitetail Secrets podcast, and I have I have two secret guests here that I'm going to wait. We're until not the even end. going to
1: tell you who they are. The, the whole we're podcast. going to
0: disguise their we're going to disguise <laughs> their voices the entire time. Hi, my name is. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I've
0: got a story. I've got a story, but uh, no. So we've got two 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 secret guests. I, I would also like to take just a second. And for anybody who is listening to this for the first time and don't understand the format of Bear Grease, I want to fill you in, okay? The Bear Grease podcast is a documentary-style podcast where we have multiple guests. We tell, we tell stories. It's highly produced. We produce that every two weeks. Every other week, in the off week, we have a Bear Grease render. And render is a metaphor, OK, metaphor is when you use a word that is not actually literally used, but metaphorically used. That word is a type in a shadow of the real word. So when you render bare fat, it turns into bare grease. And it's a process of heating that melts it down. And so in essence, we're taking the bear grease documentary style podcast. We're rendering it down metaphorically. Bringing
1: Lighting them on
0: fire. <laughs> yes. And then so the Bear Grease render is where all we all sit down and talk about the big podcast. So that's what this is. And it's okay
1: to make fun of you in the process, right? Yes. <laughs> okay.
2: That's part. So if the adjective for the podcast is highly produced, what would the adjective for the render be? Like <laughs>
0: mediocrely. Like produced. Wreck. So <laughs> skipping over our secret guest, which we'll come back to. Josh Spillmaker, great to see you. Well, Landbridge Spillmaker.
1: Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah. You've been doing a little fly fishing. I've been fly fishing a lot. Even in the we had ten inches of snow last week and I went out and it and then Trout I, went out. Out. I don't care. I went out last I went out on Saturday, I guess. And it was the temperature was about eighteen degrees, but man, that wind chill was something. Mm-hmm. And my reel was literally frozen, wouldn't turn my line i'd have to drip, dip my my rod in the water every few minutes because my guides would fill full solid full of ice mm. and but caught a, some nice fish did you yeah went with my friend keith reeves do you know keith reeves yes yeah that was the first time i've met him and he uh, <laughs> actually well I'll, I'll tell you what he but he messaged me on in instagram once we get started talking about the podcast because it's uh he wanted to know apropos. he wanted to know yeah <laughs> he wanted to know where I was fishing, mm. and he said, "Are you willing to share?" <laughs> and I had to sit there and think for a little bit. Am I willing to share my? Well, hot he's, spot? he's asked me. He's seen
0: a picture of me deer hunting by a creek in Arkansas, and he asked me where the creek was. Now, did I he want to a, fish the creek? A, he wanted to fish creek. the creek. That's
2: fair. That's for you're not a fish in the creek. No, he's it's pretty. avid a hunter though. He's a pretty avid hunter though.
0: Good guy. C- great, T- fantastic. Josh Josh's guy. left, back. From wherever he's been, like the Black Panther himself, Gary Newcomb. (laughs) Yeah, good to be here. Hey, Gary Newcomb. Hey. Good to see you. Hey, thank you. Hey, this dude has been all the way to
2: California. On the campaign trail.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go, man. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your trip to California. What were you doing? Where'd you go? Well, uh, there were four couples, and we all
4: traveled by ourselves and we ended up in the sand sand dunes of southern california glamis the most famous best dunes in america mm-hmm. supposedly we stayed there 4 days and then we went north about 2 hours to uh, moab no uh, to uh, king of the hammers in uh in the which desert. is a utv race Huh? Which UTV like a, race? Yeah, big it, it was everything—big jeeps, little jeeps, motorcycles. Every day there was a race going on. Yeah, and uh, we stayed there about five days, and uh, it was just extremely wonderful. And I couldn't believe it. My sweet little wife really enjoyed it. That's what I heard. I mean, it's just crazy. She'd go, "Hey, no, let's not leave yet. I want to see hey, this guy flip." Tell him, tell
0: yeah, tell her about tell him about the <laughs> one place where those guys were flipping, <laughs> and she wouldn't leave. Race? The no, Judy she, she,
4: a couple times she got in the fetal position riding with me. <laughs> you you got to get your mind right. This is the safest thing we've done in three days. You know, the <laughs> interstate, you're liable to die any second.
2: I have seen a photo of one of your side-by-sides consumed in a ball of fire.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't in it, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I just left it, obviously. We're no, I, was get lucky. To that. I was lucky to get out, but, but anyway, <laughs> you know, there's, uh, several places that are just, it's just crazy to watch this race, what they do. They go through the desert at a hundred, 110, 150 miles an hour. Then they go through the rocks at two and three miles an hour. They go down big drop offs, up, drop, you know, climb huge stuff. And it takes quite a vehicle to do all that.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so my life as a young man, was filled with what I just thought was normal. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) That explains a lot. (laughs) Riding in in four-wheelers, side-by-sides, Jeeps with this guy. Hey, we're going to come back to your story. Let me introduce our secret guest. All right. Directly across from... (laughs) Did it give out?
1: I think the chair just gave out. It just yeah. break,
0: yeah. Dan Roop's chair just broke. finally. We knew this was going to
1: yeah, happen. This, okay. The moment he, has come. Yeah, yeah. go ahead
3: and just. Now you just got a stool to sit on. It's Do
1: whatever you I need to do. It's retired. Guys. We're
2: good. Keep there we go. Keep going.
3: All right,
0: <laughs> Mo Shepherd, my good buddy. Mo Shepherd. The man, the myth, the also legend. Also known as Mosley Shepherd. <laughs> I didn't know podcast. that until the podcast, well, actually. Okay. I didn't know I've it got, either. <laughs> I've got some explaining to do.
3: Mo, greet everybody. How's everybody doing today? Glad it, to be here it, doing this doing this
0: render cast. So. Yeah, man. I've known Mo for a long time. I don't know. 15 years maybe. Maybe not that long. I meant what I said. Mo's one of the best mountain deer hunters that I know, hunting some rough rough ground and just going out and doing it he's
1: he's he knows what he's doing um you don't you don't keep secrets you don't find mo's house on accident you better know where you're going that's right that's right yep
0: um so i'm going to introduce the other guests and then i'm going to tell why they have nicknames to his left no stranger to the berries, render rusty johnson Hey, Rusty Curly Johnson. <laughs> yeah, good to see you, man. Good to see you. So Glad to be here. Both of you guys were my... When when I decided I was going to do a podcast on secrets, I thought Daniel Roop, because he's got a lot of secrets. <laughs> and then I thought you too, because y'all are good at keeping secrets. <laughs> and uh, okay, here's what happened. Originally, the idea of this podcast, I was going to keep their identity sealed. <laughs> Did you notice there was some incongruency in the names did you notice that i'm pointing uh, uh, maybe did you do you even know what we're talking about no Do you listen to this podcast is about a podcast <laughs> I
2: <know>. okay. <laughs> okay i know i know i don't okay. know what you're talking okay. about well, you weren't the... paying attention you lost me in the metaphor talk okay. i was we're greasing something up i didn't okay. know what was going on
0: so originally i was going to interview these two guys and I was going to hide their identity because, and it was gonna be a joke, because as if they were telling secrets that were gonna get them in trouble (laughs) and get them killed or something. And so when we sent it to production at Meat Eater, I was like, hey, let's disguise their voices like they do on the movies. Like when they're interviewing a mobster who's wanting to leak some info but not get in trouble. And so I built the podcast like that, and I gave them code names. And his name was Mo's name was Mosley, and I just randomly Mo and Curly. So, <laughs> so I I I just, See, I just, put, that with that. I
1: just put that together. <laughs> Rusty Johnson.
0: Rusty Johnson was just Curly. And so I built all the voiceovers for these podcasts. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's actually quite a bit of work that goes into these podcasts. Oh, really? And I built, I built the.
1: Uh, I thought you just recorded them on it? your cell
0: phone. Who and...
2: does the work?
0: Uh, <laughs> me? <laughs> no, 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 we we got a great production team at Meat Eater that Does a lot of it. Um, I just
2: thought that was their names.
0: Well, okay, Cause... I never specifically said like I just introduced him as Rusty Johnson, and then what I what I failed to do was when I, so when I finally listened to it, I didn't we decided we did not like the the disguised voices. So I was like, ah, we just need to just come out with it and say their names. So I changed the voiceover in two spots, but I forgot to change the voiceover in all the other spots. So I was calling them Mosley uh... and Curly. And so Rusty messages me that Wednesday <laughs> it came out and he said, Why is everybody calling me Curly? <laughs>
2: So, <laughs> it's like an inside joke Clay didn't tell you about Yeah,
5: exactly Come into work and everybody's like, morning Curly <laughs> uh, I hadn't listened to the podcast yet And I'm like, what? Curly? Have you listened to the podcast yet? Nope, you might want to uh,
1: <laughs> uh, So, how's, how's Beach Nut taking hold? Oh, it's, it's doing pretty good Is I would it getting say, some traction? I
0: say Beechnut. yeah, Spencer <laughs> Duhart's nickname is getting some traction Yep, mm-hmm, yep <laughs> um no so we're gonna get we're gonna get back to you guys but I did promise the world that I was gonna ask you I need you to tell us about the image that I put on Instagram about three weeks ago of a side by side in thewi it was kind of a pretty photo it was like uh um, pretty disturbing yeah it was like kind of twilighty and there's about a th- a side by side just engulfed, like completely
1: in engulfed,
2: thirty like foot tall flames. Nothing, ain't nothing left of that side by side. That's why I said it's a crime scene. And he's yeah. covered his tracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I what told I told people that I would have you tell
0: that, that story. What? What the heck happened?
2: Judy was over in the corner in the fetal position. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, you know,
4: it, it was real interesting to me in that my nephew and I ride <laughs> together a lot, and we like to ride fast, and we just enjoy getting together. And w- we did that a lot. Well, I had a, I had a, two, uh, I, I had a sixteen model razor, and all of a sudden it started coming out in publications that these things were burning. So my Sean mm-hmm. Marriott called me and he goes, "Hey, Gary, those razors are burning." And I said, you know, I read that. And I said, but it's only when they get hot. And he said, I watch my temperature. John <laughs> is a rocket scientist. <laughs> that man I, I
3: is genius.
4: My, I, I usually have to get, hot, get hot, hot when they
3: burn. So I
4: watch my temperature gauge, and I don't let mine get hot. So I'm fine. Smart. So I, I was going on about a hundred and fifty mile trip. Actually. Well, I won't tell you where I was going, but I went through the mountains <laughs> and through the woods. Secret. 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 We don't uh, know anything. I, I looked at Rusty old Home Grounds. I, I was uh-huh. heading down there. So on the uh-huh. way back, this was brand new. You were and riding it, by yourself. Yeah, by myself. And it's a turbo. Uh-huh. And I'm real excited. 150 about, mile ride. Yeah. real, And, I, and so I... I take my gas cans instead of stacking them in there the way they were. I got this great idea that I had a better way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm. It wasn't a better way. (laughs) So I just drive this distance. And on the way back, I take a few little jumps and runs and, you know, bouncing off stuff, filling that turbo. Well, about the third time I got airborne when I landed, those gas cans turned over Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, at the time, I didn't see a lot of danger to me. <laughs> but when I look back and comments from people, they go, you know, you were pretty lucky to get out of there. And uh, so, you know, if it had been a wreck, you might get trapped. But anyway, I got out. There was no well, well, way to what, put it what out. Happened? I mean, you're just riding we're and not, you feel you know, was heat it, coming Was it dripping on the exhaust? We're looking in the back and I'm seeing... I'm running about 40 miles an hour and there's flames, you know, shooting up. So I, of course, slam on the brakes and I look for water. I look for dirt, look for anything. There's nothing there. So I I just backed off. I left a a real expensive pair of binoculars and I regret it. That's the only thing you regret. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had good insurance. So anyway, I just thought, man, I got about a six mile walk out
2: of here. You could have lit a signal fire. (laughs)
4: <laughs> i think he did well i, I tell you <laughs> i think he did um, it didn't work <laughs> Dang. i walked to the highest hill i could find and called uh, uh james lawrence
0: yeah and he came and got me
1: yeah so and he probably just sniffed you out he knew exactly where you were by the Cell phones. James you, said, you, <laughs> "I felt a disturbance in the force. Exactly. I knew there was a fire over you, there. You
2: dialed his number, but you could hear his phone ringing. He stepped out from behind an oak tree.
4: I've been watching you, know, you this uh, all time. Yeah,
2: I saw that coming, Gary.
4: The the you know the aluminum was melted. The engine, I mean, everything was just it was just it was nothing. The steel was remaining. That's about it. In yeah. My, I, holy cow. And my cheroskies were ooh. melted."
3: Mm. Hey, yeah, I agree with the, what some of the people commented on. I read some of the comments because you got that hot machine, you got all that stuff, and you got gas cans in there that turned over at night. It's wonder that thing didn't blow and just yeah, blow exactly. you and everything.
4: Yeah, I know. You know that could have been the real danger, but but they had a hose that was coming loose when it got hot, and it was dripping <laughs> fuel on the turbo, and that was causing them to burn up. But mine was because. <laughs>
3: Somebody had set gas cans in the wrong place. That's right. It is.
2: I mean, it sounds like a very safe activity when you describe it all. I feel like,
3: yeah,
4: you
0: trust me, driving around with a bomb. <laughs> yep. uh, well, anybody else here ever had a machine catch on fire? I did, I did see. Once. I
1: did see in Mena, Arkansas. I pulled up to the stoplight right there by the by the what's the the train there downtown? What's that? I can't remember what that gas station is right there. But I looked over, and there's an old man, and I see smoke coming from under his hood. And within two seconds, there were flames rolling out, and he's at the gas pump. And I see him get back in the car and try to start it so he could drive it off. And he's in the car, and somebody, somebody comes running out of the gas station, grabs him out of the car, and reaches in and puts it in neutral, and they push it away from the from the gas wow, pumps and wow. everybody That's was just, intense. yeah, trying to so, get the heck so out of Dodge.
0: one time I had a 1991 Jeep Jeep Cherokee. Uh, it was, the year was probably 2005, 2006. It was was, it, red? It,
1: was it red? It was a good Jeep. It wasn't red. It was, it was kind like, of burgundy-ish. Yeah.
0: And one day I was driving to the U of A what? and I see, I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas, driving down college and I see smoke start to come out from underneath the hood. And I just go, Oh man, that's not good. And I I was within about a half a mile from an O'Reilly's and kind of downhill. And so I just thought, I'm gonna make it to O'Reilly's. Or
2: ride this thing out.
0: And so I just made it into and the car was driving. the Jeep was driving fine. (laughs) I pull into O'Reilly's and there's more smoke coming out from under the hood and I and I pop it, open the hood, and there is a pack rat nest. On oh. top of the hood that is in flames. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just like when I opened the hood, it was like, yeah, that's what I needed, oxygen. And so <laughs> it just went. <laughs> and, uh, and so I run into the O'Reilly's, and there's like people in line, you know, and everybody's just standing there being quiet, like waiting. And I go, hey, uh, uh, my Jeep's on fire in the parking <laughs> lot. And I promise you, the guy behind the counter I mean, it was like he could have cared less. <laughs> he was just like he just kind of. People won't be able to see what I'm doing. He's, I'm, I'm acting like I'm a 60 year old man that doesn't care. And yeah. he was just like, "What?" And I was like, <laughs> "My my Jeep is on fire. Do you have a, a fire extinguisher, or water, or anything?" And he
2: was just like,
0: "Well." There's a bathroom over there. There's a,
2: <laughs> there's a toilet there's full of a, water. There's a
0: pitcher. There's a pitcher over there. And I just run behind the counter, grab this pitcher, run back to the bathroom, put it under the sink, and, a, <laughs> <laughs> and get the pitcher only about
1: halfway Meanwhile, full Meanwhile, your Jeep's
0: outside getting Gary newcomb And I run back outside and just douse the Jeep. And it, luckily, it never fully caught on fire. It just it just kind of burned all the hoses on the top, and uh, but that that pack rat nest burned up.
3: You've had some bad luck with pack rats. Pack in your rats vehicles. will destroy your life. Yeah, I had one. <laughs> I had one vehicle to burn up on me in '79. I Did had an you? old '69 Volkswagen I'd bought the year I graduated out of school, and this was year after that. And I'd cut it down, made a baja bug out of it. To make a long story <laughs> short, I was out in the mountains, out there in the in the in the, in the Ozark National Forest, just riding some old trails. I guess I'd accumulated leaves up around the engine on the back of that old Volkswagen. Mm. Didn't know it, and they got up around the manifold, and I was driving down the main road up there. I'd come out of the woods, kind of like Gary (laughs) said a while ago. I was driving along. It was about dusky dark, and... I could just see illumination inside the, <laughs> inside the Volkswagen Baja bug. <laughs> and I turned around looking. the whole back console behind the back seat was on fire. Oh, wow. And I slid it off the road, run over there, and went to getting dirt out of the ditch. And I finally got it put out, but it melted the motor and everything. It was trash after that. Oh, never... darn.
0: <laughs> so three out of six of us here have had vehicles burn. My, mine being the, the least. Have you ever had anything burn? No. Rusty
2: Johnson, no. never had one burned down? Nope. Wow, you're just like I said, really I got fortunate. the fire
3: put out, but it done trashed it. It
2: burnt all the wire and Apparently everything. And I didn't fixing it. I'm well, not talking. This is a podcast on secrets. <laughs> is burgundy not red? I mean, it, no.
0: <laughs>
2: no, no, Bur- 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 no. Burgundy same is like
3: dark purple.
2: That's red.
3: Yeah, burgundy is burgundy. That's why they call it burgundy. One more story
0: that's relevant to the time. Okay, and then we're gonna actually get in there and start talking about this podcast because I've got a few things. I need to draw out a rusty mo. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Um, they so today is February fourteenth. It's Valentine's Day. We're recording yes. this on Valentine's Day. This will come out as on a February, gift to our 15th. wives. Um, February thirteenth. Does anybody know what February thirteenth is? The day before Yesterday. Valentine's Day. Yesterday, the day before Valentine's Day. Dad, Dad will know. You You wouldn't know this, but in my house, February thirteenth is Jackhammer Day.
1: Jack Hammer Day. When Ooh. I
0: was do you remember? No. When I was a junior in high school. When I was a junior in high school, one day I, I went and I had baited some hogs.
1: Jack Hammer, like the broadhead? Well, just wait. Okay. 24 years ago. Calm down, Josh. Was Man. it 24 years ago? <laughs> was this I was your a junior in high school? Aren't first you
2: junior year or your It was
3: my first junior year. Okay. <laughs> aren't you 40? I'm forty-two. Oh, okay. Well then it was twenty-six years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You're older so, than you look.
0: So, <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, that was a compliment. I thought he was digging on me. Yeah. No. no, that was a compliment. <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks, no. Mo. That was nice. <laughs> um, I was a junior in high school, and I had I had baited some hogs down on some some land. And I'm not going to tell you where it was. Mm. And uh, what I had done was I had uh, dug a hole in the ground about probably eighteen to twenty inches deep, and in about probably 20 inches wide. So envision a circle hole in the ground. The the hole was near a creek and the creek was in a big, flat, hardwood bottom. And there was a, the the ground came up out of the creek and was flat for about 20 yards and then had like a 10 to 12 foot steep rise and then it flattened out again. So it was like a secondary floodplain. Uh Does that make Uh sense? Yep. You'll see this in a a lot of- Like a steep bank. Well, what I did was I put that hole about 15 yards from the rim of the higher bank Mm. so that I could walk up and peek over the bank down to the creek to this hole in the ground. Bushwhack the hogs. Okay. That's exactly right. So I filled that hole with corn. And we didn't have trail cameras or anything back then. I mean, just nobody was using trail cameras. And I even raked out the leaves about 50 yards going up to where you look over the edge so that I could walk without making any noise. And I set the trap and just waited. I, you know, I can't remember if I waited four or five days or, or how I knew that there were hogs in there. I may have just been guessing that they would be there. And this is the kind of dad Gary Newcomb was. The night before, I just had a inkling that it was the day to go and i said hey i'm not gonna go to school tomorrow i'm gonna go hunt those hogs <laughs> do you remember that okay he's shaking i didn't no. even tell him no, i did i really <laughs> did i i just told him i was like i'm going to i'm going to hunt hogs and uh because i remember the next day being in the classes that i missed uh for some reason i vividly remember the look on one of my teacher's faces he wasn't angry he i just remember it just disappointed um, so I go down there, get there just after daylight, and it just worked like clockwork. I walked in those the the leaf where I'd scratch the leaves back, and I'm carrying a sixty five pound pull, high country, x what was it, high country, Excalibur, Excalibur with hatchet cams, shooting about a five hundred grain arrow, and at that time we were shooting jackhammer wasp broadheads, which is an expandable broadhead. And at the time, it was like, I mean, we just were shocked at how good they killed deer, right, Dad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because we were coming out, you know, those were some. That was kind of the first gen. I think mechanical I still I have
1: some that I got from you back then.
0: Yeah, I bet you do. Did you ever shoot jackhammers? No. Yeah. No. Well, so <clears throat> Rusty was that. That was kind of a judgmental. No, Rusty was
3: like, <laughs> no. Nah. I never shot Jack Amherst.
2: His beard's a WMA. What do you think? <laughs> I think he shoots Jack. Mo, Avers? did you ever
3: shoot mechanical broadheads? You don't shoot mechanicals and recurves and longbows. That's right. That's right. Moe's that's the ultimate like slap.
0: Um he's like big men real men don't use mechanical broadheads. <laughs> well, no, they did real good with, with deer. And I I walk up over this rise just after daylight. I didn't hear hogs. I just was just. I wonder if they're there. And man, I raise up over the little bank, looking down, and and there is a ho- big, big hog with his head completely submerged in that hole. I mean, just like <laughs> his. I mean, he can't see me. He's down there crunching corn, and I mean, here I am, and I'm just like, holy cow, it worked. You know, I'm just a kid. You know, like 16, maybe 17. You're very excited at that oh, moment, and he's standing there broadside. I think it was 18 yards. And so, I mean, I had an arrow knocked. I was ready. I drew that bow back and just put it right behind his shoulder and shot. And, man, that arrow looked like it bounced off of him. <laughs> the arrow just stuck him right where I was aiming, just right behind the shoulder, just like I would have shot a deer. And he literally kind of grunted and just, just plowed you know just disappeared you know and within 10 yards of that hole that arrow was laying on the ground and i just was in shock i mean it just it more or less bounced off of the hog and i walked down there and it had about how much penetration i remember that so well we've got a picture of it i mean probably three inches of penetration he And has to hit him in that big shield
4: oh yeah you see you trusted your dad it's like Tyler the time I told him how to jump a sand dune and it almost <laughs> killed him because he did it exactly the
0: way I said I told Clay how good those jackhammers were yeah. he trusted me well that was the beginning point of us learning that you couldn't shoot those hogs right behind <laughs> the shoulder with a especially with an expandable head and not a big hog i mean it, it was a big hog i mean it was a 300 plus pound hog I believe based upon the track and I was pretty good at judging them judging their weight by track back in those days mm. and uh anyway jackhammer day because listen this is all coming back around I know y'all are just like where is this going where is he taking us um listen the the next day I go to a young lady's house who I happen to be courting her name was Misty mm.
1: <laughs> does Misty know about her
2: that's why misty's not here today it's also historic this This is confession time
0: misty had made a vow not long before that that she would never marry a hunter and this was early in our relationship and i recounted the story of what had just happened to me just like the day before and she had never heard anyone tell a hunting story And it immediately, she was like, "I like this. I'm in love. I can live with this. I'm in love with this." Can you believe that? That is a great Valentine's story. (laughs) Is it not true love? Jackhammer day. Story of true love. So last night, last night, uh, while we're at church, she texted me in the in the meeting. Okay, yep, it happened, and she said, "Happy Jackhammer Day." She remembered all on her own. There you go. I
1: wondered if she would. You need to get one of those jackhammers and like. Put it in epoxy, like clear epoxy, so she can keep it on her shaped desk.
2: in a heart. <laughs> yeah, shaped in a heart, <laughs> epoxy a heart. shaped heart. Now that's if that's not romance, I don't know what is. Me neither. So
0: I had to tell that story on Valentine's Day. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. Born in 2003 in Knoxville, Tennessee, Sport Dog was forged by a passionate group of hunters and dog trainers who intimately understood the challenges of the field and the special connection between hunters and their dogs. The people at Sport Dog know that having a well trained hunting dog is more than just having a reliable partner, it's a commitment to their safety and unlocking their full potential. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Trust Sport Dog, where innovation meets passion, to elevate your hunting experience and strengthen the bond with your local companion. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. To track my squirrel dogs, and my one old coon dog that's not very good. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash beargrease to learn more. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time, seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. you pour it in your gas tank, Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who's used a can of Seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. People everywhere rely on Seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. The old timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrel's ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the South. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onyxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. All right, Mo, did you... So you were really in the dark on what I was doing with this podcast. You just kind of trusted me.
3: Yeah, was I've my made, trust? I've made that mistake several my, times. That <laughs> same mistake was
0: was uh, was was my did I did I pull through on being trustworthy or were you like doggone it? He pinned me in the court. So that's why I had you here so you could
3: anything defend that I made you
0: look like you can defend yourself now.
3: Defend myself. Huh? You know I mean? If you're if you're like well no nah, it was all okay then we're fine. <laughs> He- well, I guess most of it was, but uh, <laughs> most of it? Yeah, you didn't tell me all the truth of the of what was going on when we first started. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah you first Rusty. told me you know that our voices was going to be disguised. Nobody knew know who we were or anything. Yeah. And then the podcast comes out and you introduce us. <laughs> uh, uh. So I thought, well, he didn't do anything he said he was going to do. so. Other than that, it was pretty good. So. <laughs> hey, at least you knew you were being recorded. It yeah. has happened before. Yeah. <laughs> Snuck it in there
2: recordings. Uh, oh, yeah. I did a whole podcast just now. Okay,
3: Rusty,
0: do you feel like you've been cheated in any way by uh, me?
5: No, but, you know, whenever you ask me to do it, uh I didn't know. What, I mean, I asked you, how could I prepare? You know, is there anything I can do to prepare? Oh no, it's e. It's going to be easy. <laughs> Typical Clay Nukem. I mean, it's going to be easy. Don't worry about it. It's going to be easy. But no, it it turned out pretty good. I mean, you caught me off guard on a couple. But
0: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I I could. I've got some some
3: dirt. I mean, I could release the full
5: oh. episodes of
3: these. I talked to these guys for like an hour. But remember, if you do that, you gotta, re- you gotta, re- you gotta release the stuff that I asked you that you yeah. didn't put on there yeah, either. Yeah, Mo, oh. Mo, turned the tables after a while. He was like, "Yeah, hey, what about you?"
1: Now, thank you, Mo. And, now, and see, then he says,
3: "Then he says, then Clay says, well, no, this is going to be on the podcast, so don't worry about it. We don't need to talk about it." So,
1: yeah, I bet he did scrambled there for a minute, didn't he? Uh, well, I did put at the end
3: Dan interviewing me. Yeah, so I, I thought that was fair. Yeah, but he don't know you as well as like me and Rusty and <laughs> Josh and us do. So, uh, what
0: what what'd y'all think of the podcast?
1: I thought it. I I thought it was. I actually didn't know where the podcast was going in the beginning, and uh, I thought it was really good because, you know, I had a great talk with Keith about about this stuff because there there's a lot of guys that are real sec- secretive about stuff. I I have had a different upbringing inside of hunting, and fishing especially that. I feel like I've had I almost feel an obligation to share what I know because I know so many people have shared with me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I think I think being able to foster a love um for being outdoors and hunting and fishing um sometimes trumps keeping it secret. Sure. But sure. you know, that's that's coming from me from a totally different experience in life with hunting. Yeah.
2: And so you're coming from a very like kind of quote-unquote healthy hunting background clays like an abused child.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Undereducated, abused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: But I it was interesting that, that Keith texted me because I he hadn't heard the podcast. Oh, okay. And he said he said, "Hey, I, I was just wondering I'm going out to to Beaver Dam and I'm just wondering if you had any spots that that you would feel comfortable sharing." <laughs> I was like mm. I was like, "What? How about I go with you and I? If I feel good about it, <laughs> I'll show you a couple well, spots. Well,
0: you know, I think it's it, it's possible. Some people, I, I heard some people's comments on it, and I don't think they really listened to the whole podcast. So, what we did here was we we used hunting just as an entry point to talk about the way people manage information they have. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, yeah, we talked about hunting secrets and that was kind of what we used. But really we were looking at you could have you could have made that podcast about tennis. Yep. It's it's how we share information and why we share information or why it, we don't or why we don't and who we share it with. And you know it it really was a a study for me because it, it, it happened just the way I said it. I was sitting in a tree up here on November 1st and I had a picture of this big deer and there was nothing more that I wanted to do. I mean, like I'm like scrolling through my phone, trying to find somebody to send it to that I hadn't. And I'd send it to very few people. I'd send it to probably everybody in this room. I'd I'd shared it with Mo and Rusty and uh, told you all different versions of that story <laughs> of where it
1: came from.
0: <laughs> all different versions of where it came from. This is public land here in Kansas. This is a no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, but and I was just like, this is this is weird. And 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 I had it's not like the first time I've ever thought of this. We share stuff with people because we want, I mean, we like to share something with like minded people, but really it's deeper than that. You know, it's 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 it is a request for friendship. If you really yeah, think about it, it. really, is. and that's what Dan did such a good job of describing, just kind of going back into human psychology. And it's like, we, we trade information for stuff and that stuff is friendship. And we want to trust people. Like I want to be able to send Rusty a picture and, and it's like, Hey, I'm giving you something that I can trust you. With. You
2: want to, but you can't. <laughs> I
0: really want to, <laughs> but
2: uh, I want to Rusty, <laughs> but,
0: uh, dad, what did you think about it?
4: You know, it was very revealing, even though I think deep down, most of us realize why we share information in in my thoughts on it. Change, you know, uh, off and on. Like I I just had the thought that, um, we share for entertainment. I I get this with some of my writing buddies where, uh, you know, one goes, Hey man, I'm right in the middle of a business deal. I'm not, I just can't talk about fun stuff. I mean, that's the exact words. I don't have time to talk about fun stuff. So we'd love to share. I can't wait to tell him something that I've done with my machine. You know, I want to talk about it. it. So it's really fun. It's like you take a trip and people say, preparation is as much fun as your vacation and a hunting trip, especially you're preparing, you're shooting your bow, you're getting your equipment, you're buying this, you're buying that, you're getting ready. That's as much fun as going out there and sitting in a tree for five or six days and not seeing a deer, you know what I mean? It's, so there's a social aspect. I'd, inter- I'd be interested to see what you say about that, but uh, that's entertainment. And most of that entertainment I think is survival you know, I'm trying to survive. I'm Gary Newcomb. I'm trying to survive. I got to have mental health, physical health. I I can just go to spiritual. I can just go down the list. I need all that to be healthy and to be healthy. I got, I can't be taking care of Dan Roop. I got to take care of me.
0: None of us can.
4: So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we, we do things to make each of those aspects of our life stronger,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
4: I, I want to build my image up in Dan's eyes so he will respect me more.
1: Right. I want
4: to show him a picture of this deer so he'll know for sure that I'm probably a better hunter than Clay. You know what I mean? So, so everything you yeah. said, I agree with. Where would I, you put the entertainment though? You but know, you
2: you didn't put the entertainment in there. That's because I'm not very good. But as as <laughs> you as, as just even as you're saying entertainment it makes me think. You know, a lot of times entertainment we can kind of talk about it. It almost has like a negative connotation. Oh, you're just wasting your time on so much entertainment, or we'll go to some kind of entertainment to distract ourselves from what we really need to be doing. But sharing things that bring us joy has immense amount of value. I mean, that's really what entertainment is. is. That not relationship building, and though? that is relationship so building. I think that would yep. be like a
0: subcategory because you're not sharing entertaining stuff with someone that you aren't in, that doesn't have some. Interest in what you're doing, absolutely, and you're trying to say, man, I need somebody that'll laugh with me today. And, and you, you, and you,
2: and it's more than if, if social media is kind of pseudo identity validation. I get a like, I and mean, I kind of feel better, but also don't like rusty.
5: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I knew that was coming. So <laughs> I knew that was. <laughs> he even looked at you, with that curly beard. <laughs> I know why they call you curly. <laughs> um, but
5: like with Rusty Johnson,
2: WMA, <laughs> WMA, but. You know, like, watching a TV show, that's one thing that's entertaining, but going out and sharing an experience in the real world that you both value and you both derive joy from, and that's true entertainment, and it builds true, you know, really deep relationships. So there's a ton of you value. You I
0: would say, and I'm building off what you're saying, because there, there are plenty of, It's, it's not like, yeah, this was like an exhaustive look into human psychology, but entertainment would be or, or just having fun is a massive part. I mean, I I am friends with people that I have fun with. Yeah. I mean, I'm very friends with very few people in a deep way that I don't enjoy and laugh with them. I mean, you know. And I think
2: because if you're going to have fun with somebody, you got to be able to relax And you got and it's almost as if whatever kind of facade you put up wherever you go to think you got to be a certain way when you're around somebody you can really let your guard down i feel you like you can to- take off that stick on mustache <laughs> dan i feel like if i can let that guard down then i could really enjoy something and i only let that guard down with certain people and so maybe the real secret is like me being my my myself you know mm-hmm. and I, I reveal that to certain people and then i can really enjoy you know whatever it is we're doing yeah. Hey, we're
4: we love to tell stories. I mean, it's if I've got a good story. I mean, it's I can't hardly like when you were going, Dad. I want to hear something from yeah. you. I didn't. I I didn't get too excited about telling about the fire. I was thinking about some other stuff I'd love to tell. You know, so <laughs> but it uh, can't. I mean, it's it's fun. It it's it does something internally. You mm-hmm. just like it. You know, you're the center of attention. You are you're just doing what you want to do. So uh, Yeah. I think that's real important in our lives is to have something to say
0: that has meaning to other people well, and you
4: can get their attention.
0: Yeah. What gives it value is that when you tell a story and we tell you Yeah, that was a great story. You yeah. Just in whatever way right. we do that, you know. Right, right. That that is really meaningful. It validates identity. It really does. When I stand up and tell a story and you guys laugh, it reinforces to me that I am who I thought I was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. You know what I'm saying? You
4: know, the way that gets away from secrets. But the secret could be I'm doing that to build myself up in Rusty's eyes. I, he doesn't know me, you know? So I'm trying to tell a story to impress him that, hey, this is really a good guy. Or this guy's a great hunter or whatever. Just don't go so, right so side most, by side Most looking. things are real
0: selfish, you know. Rusty, what what did you think?
5: Well, I mean, I had fun doing it, but I got kind of a story too. So after the podcast, uh my son Rustin, he's like, "Dad, he said, you know, you've taught me a lot of stuff and he said I've mainly picked it up by just watching you. He said, "You are so secretive. You're so used to keeping everything such a secret. You don't even open up to your own son."
1: He mm. said, "Why not?"
5: He said, you should, of all people, you should open up to me about everything that you know. <laughs> everything that you so know. this got real. Yeah. And? I said, you got a good point. I mean, um, I want to be so secretive about all this stuff that I neglect my own son.
0: Now, and- just to clarify, the the on the podcast, you talked about how your son, who 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 I know and is a friend of mine, Rustin, mm-hmm. is uh, your adult son. He's how old, is Rustin? He's
5: twenty five. Twenty five. Mm-hmm.
0: That I mean, you guys hunt together, like you're. I mean, like best friends. Yeah. I mean, y'all hunt. So y'all, he's not talking. You're not ho- keeping hunting secrets from him. Uh, look at the hesitation. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it's not like you're. I mean, you're sharing deer. So what? Tell me what he's talking about.
5: Just like. Certain like strategies, and you know, why do you do this or why do you not do this? He says that I don't explain myself. You know, if I'm doing something, I'm just expecting him to watch and I figure see. it out on his own. So he's critiquing your me.
0: communication right. mechanism He's not saying, "Dad, you're withholding me no. because you're intentionally." Afraid. Yeah, he's just saying y- you're you're so used to not communicating, I'm, you're not communicating with. I'm him.
5: not purposely withholding information from him. And I, my dad was the same way. He did not purposely withhold stuff, but I mean, he was he didn't communicate. He was so secretive of a guy that he would not just open up and just freely communicate verbally to what he was doing and why he was doing it. I had to really watch and it took years of watching him doing what he does. And our friend Dalton, he says the same thing. He's like, "Man, He said, I've picked up so many things just by being around you without you even having to say anything, you know, I've learned a lot basically through osmosis, you know, Mm -hmm. but Rustin's like, man, he said, you, you need to just open up to me and just, just tell me everything Mm. and explain everything. Just open up. Mm. I I, I mean, I, I find myself not doing that when I, I should be doing that, especially to him. Yeah, it does say a lot that he feels like he can say that to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I
2: mean, I think that says it done. He wants to. You guys are obviously close, but the fact that he can say that means he just wants even more of you. Yep. Yeah, I mean,
5: this podcast is actually, I mean, it's opened my eyes to some stuff like that 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 I think is going to help me and him. No, that's good, man. Yeah, Mo, what'd you think? Well, just in general, just general. I mean, did it? Yeah, it, it, it and uh, I've had several. Text.
3: i've even talked to a couple of my friends and you know they said uh, that's very interesting said uh, we didn't realize that you know you were like, holding out on yeah him. like a couple of them <laughs> told me they said what have you not told us about or what have you not showed us a picture of i said well you probably never know because if i haven't showed you by now i'm not going to or tell you either one <laughs> so we had some pretty good laughs about that like i said in person or on the phone or even by text message there's been several people with my friends my hunting friends and even some of my work friends that that uh listen to it and stuff
1: mo are now i know that you and your wife hunt and fish together are there pictures of game on your phone that you won't show your wife <laughs> i don't think so okay just checking just checking yeah it yeah. is yeah. Valentine's, valentines day, day. yeah I know yeah you better <laughs> show hey baby it. i want to show you a picture of this yeah. buck <laughs> I've been holding. saving she, this one. She
3: doesn't deer hunt a lot. She likes to go when the weather's nice and stuff like that. She don't like the cold weather I'm, and stuff. I don't figure. I
1: can't figure out why. Why wives are so contingent on the
3: weather? Because my but wife's she, the
1: same. Her same favorite wife. thing I don't to go out is, there when it's Her to favorite years.
3: thing to do is turkey hunt. She loves to turkey hunt. So
1: that's how I met Mo turkey hunting on the youth. Yeah, years hunt. ago,
3: yeah. down by a spot we won't he, reveal.
1: That's right. <laughs> but he, and he's a heck of a turkey
3: guide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Dan, what was your overall take of it? I mean, you we we you
0: were on the podcast, yeah. But but any, yeah. any thoughts afterwards? No, I th- similar.
1: How to do you feel like you did? Uh, okay. <laughs> <Nailed it>. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: actually, similar to, to Rusty. So I've got uh, if my daughter was ever interested in it, it'd be awesome. But I've got three sons who, to varying degrees, are right now they're sixteen, 16, 14, and twelve and to varying degrees, you know, we just been back in the States functionally to kind of hunt for about a year. And, um, I think after even talking it out loud with you and then thinking about it and realizing how much of how important it is to me, like what happens inside of me when I hunt and I do what I do, I've never wanted to force anything, especially on my boys. I wanted them to feel like they could kind of decide who they were for themselves. And if, they wanted to do something like I do, that's great. But if not, then I'm going to, in a way, kind of with that kind of stuff that I deem as like entertainment, well, Gary said, or kind of like, almost like a hobby. I don't want to shove that down there, you know, who they are. But I think, uh, so one of the things that I'm, I'm going to do is this summer, over the summer, I'm going to get set up to where I can take my boys out in a tree with me. You know, I've only been hunting back in the woods for a, this is my first fall back in the woods after being mm-hmm. gone for a long time. But I just think, Man, I gotta get my boys out there. They gotta, they gotta have this opportunity because it's way more. It is entertainment and it is a hobby and it's fun, but it's also part of who I am. And my boys will want that, and I, and I want to give them the opportunity. Have to you ever thought about sending them with Rusty? how that beard! Have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that beard's got more secrets
3: <laughs> than all of us That's have right. in our anywhere. I think I've seen part of a hog wall fall out of that while ago. <laughs> No, that's my main kind of...
2: Uh, like. That's a big part. I mean, it's a huge part of who I am. And my boys, I don't know how much they know that. And I know if I don't, that there will come a day when... I mean, you've shared a ton with your son, clearly. But I know my boys, will, there will come a day when they're like, hey, why didn't you... So like, that's my top priority this summer yeah. is getting set up to where when you know i'm whitetails i'm yeah. i'm not much of a buck hunter i i really dial in on the dose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's good like so, I, I can say something to you I, i've taken a lot of young kids for their first turkey hunt their first deer hunt bear hunts yeah you know cousins nephews uh stuff like that and i i unlike what rusty was talking about his son that's something i'm pretty secretive with my hunting buddies and stuff you know but when it's the youth i've got with me i find myself sharing a lot of stuff i'll tell them you know i've done this because or we're doing this because it helps us do this or helps yep. us stand a chance of doing this but I also learned that to keep them interested no matter what you gotta when you're hunting with the youth whether it's your kids or somebody else <clears throat> you gotta keep it fun for them yeah mm-hmm. when when they're ready to go I don't care if there's three deer walking in front of your blind out there. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Because if you get them, you get them wore out on it, they, they don't, they come disinterested in it. So mm-hmm. I just thought I'd put that in Benji Man, said.
2: That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great.
3: You know,
0: I think, I, I think the main thing is that, and I, I, I hope what a podcast like this would do would just get people thinking, you know, j- just kind of thinking about why we do the things we do. Because I, I've said it so many times on, on bear grease that I'm, I'm very interested in the things that drive us, that we don't consciously make decisions about, you know, we don't, and, and I think that self-awareness is pretty important. So regardless if if, if, uh, somebody comes to the conclusions that, that we did, or or maybe their situation is slightly different, but the idea is that it would make people think and just kind of become more aware of why you do what you do, because there's there's always reasons why we do what we do. And we just kind of flow on autopilot. And, you know, so we talked about social media and I'd li- I'll would probably end up talking about this more later on some other podcasts, because I think it's so interesting. But, uh, you know, the social media stuff really is a, a new human experience, uh, excuse me, a new human experiment, really is. I mean, when you think about we are extremely primitive beings. And I mean that in the most literal way. I mean, we we live in this modern world and there's things that humans have done for thousands and thousands and thousands of years that have made us the way that we are. And we're now doing a whole bunch of new stuff that we've never done before. And it truly is. It's like, who knows what? Should the Earth persist another fifty years, we'll be like, "Holy cow!" That Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok was like crack cocaine, and literally rotted our brains out. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but we don't know the the consequences of all, a lot of the stuff we're doing. And I mean, that's just the truth. It, it might sound far fetched, but it's actually not. You know, you look back at all kind of stuff that humans have done that in the moment they, you know, didn't understand. And obviously, I, you know, the, the, it would be more social consequences, you know. Um, but uh, and we, we really didn't even scratch the surface of it. We just kind of introduced this idea of validation and identity as it relates to social media. And, uh, you know, some people can, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, don't. But what do you think, Josh? You're trying to build a social media empire
1: oh it's it's uh it's coming along too. put a kink
0: in your tail <laughs> no
1: i think i'll be okay if i wake up in the morning and all my followers are gone i think i'll be okay <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is it is interesting though that you see so many people like like i've the term influencer now i mean it's just thrown around and it's like a status symbol and really you know when you think about it and when you think about the things that really matter in life um you know, I, I, I do I do want to influence people with my life, but I also want to come in contact with people. I want people to know who I am, not just what I portray, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so I think the relational aspect of things is way more important to me than a picture I put on Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, it, it just in the in the simple example with Keith, you know, I've never met Keith until this weekend. We've communicated on on Instagram. And when he messaged me, I said, "Man, let's go together." And uh, because those are—that's what's really valuable to me. And uh, I, I think those are the things that are going to help you. I mean, we have an epidemic right now of of mental health and relational disconnection, and to be able to spend time with people and to share life—that's what's really valuable. And uh, I think I think uh, I, I think it's great what Rustin shared with you, Rusty. Just. Hey, Dad, I want more. Basically, saying I want more of you. I don't want just the information. I want more of you, and to have your your immediate relational sphere reach out to you like that means a lot. And it's a uh,
2: huge win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many dads would kill to have their sons say that? Oh, yeah. And then how many sons would kill to have a dad that they feel like they could say that to? Well, that's phenomenal.
4: Well, the only thought I have, and I sure don't know the answer to it, is why. Why do I want to be on Instagram? Am I trying to create an image of myself to other people? I mean, I find it entertaining. Why do people want to be on Facebook? What are we doing? I mean, what's the deal? And we all do it. It's apparently in all of us, this experience that you're talking about, this experiment we're going through. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, who would have ever thought people would want to put their life out there in front of everybody to look at? Of course, you... You have the ability to pick what you put yeah,
0: uh, on the yeah. social media. I remember when Facebook – I remember us making fun of Facebook, like
2: people saying, man, people are like putting like, oh, I'm washing clothes today. <laughs> yeah, I remember when Facebook – It like when you got on it, when it first came out, it would say like, Josh Spielmaker is, is. Yeah. and then it had the blank. And I just always felt like, who in the world would care – that I'm doing the laundry right now. Yeah. And I think like like you said earlier, Gary, like what what makes us want to do that? It's the same thing. Like you got a really good story you want to share. And if I know I've got a really good story and I'm halfway decent at sharing it, I love sharing it because I know the buddies that I share it with, I'll have the room and I'll have that feeling like they like me, they validate me, I'm as cool as I would like to think I am, at least for a moment. And I think there's a twinge of that inside of Every time I've got something, I actually think if I put it on Instagram, somebody might like it I'm like, oh well this will be cool. It's that same kind of moment before I'm gonna tell this story to the little group that I'm in, but now it's so much easier to do because a a picture well, to me is easier to post than actually like saying it's, something it's digital
0: it's a digital version of 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 what's happening inside of relationships yep I mean like you know when I go to Instagram or Facebook like I am just ex- exponentially increasing the amount of people that hear about my fishing trip, my deer, my turkey, or what I did with my family. You know, and so professionals it, have that,
4: but the average lady sitting in a home or me sitting in my home, I'm not too sure. We're not trying to cultivate a healthy image of ourselves. I mean, I never show yeah. a picture of my stuff. I like when it's dirty. You know, I mean, it's always clean and shiny.
2: And so I mean, I think we're, Guys,
4: we're we're trying to create something that that you know, there's a little truth to it. I will
2: say, look on my Instagram. It's nothing but does on there. I'm <laughs> posting them, boys. I'll post whatever bros but, and does. <laughs> that's exactly it. Hey, but even the professionals on Instagram, and I'm pointing to Clay, they're doing the same thing. They're they're putting an image on there and they're it's cleaned. You're just Hey, they're branding
4: themselves (laughs) Uh to make more money. I think we're branding ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're all so much alike. I'm so much like the Clovis people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it hadn't changed much, really. (laughs) uh, And, you know, we're we're all pretty much alike.
2: We've been telling stories and trying to grab the room since the beginning of time. And now we just have a little different way of doing it. It's Mm -hmm. Facebook or it's Instagram. Who knows what Mm -hmm. it'll be Mm -hmm. in a decade. But it's still... We're trying to tell a story, and get recognition, and form a like a kind of community around ourselves. Same song, you know mm-hmm. the
4: stuff you see in caves. I mean, it's like, look at this big buck I killed. Yeah,
5: exactly. They Buffalo. didn't draw does on the caves. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they didn't. I,
2: I do not like rusty.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: big bison.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, I had a guy this week send me a replica. Folsom point but it, it was a, it what it's it's not stone it's a 3d a 3d printed
1: Folsom oh, really point that's pretty cool that,
0: as i understand it he was there when it was found and it, yeah i don't have it i don't have it in my hand <laughs> wait
2: he found a 3d <laughs> he, <laughs> wait a minute he, he
0: found he 3d printed a 3d print he found he was with somebody when they found a real Folsom point i mean just a. Incredible Folsom point. I'll, I'll show it to you guys later, and uh, super thin. I mean, just like as thin as the bill of that hat. And um, when you just look at every single on angle on it, the the fluting on it is concave and just beautiful. And anyway, he he sent me a lo- really nice letter. Um, his last name's Bender. I, I've got to get around to. He wrote me a letter. I wish you to give like me like a handwritten email letter. Yeah, hand, it was beautiful. People he, still do he, that, man. He did, and he okay. knew it. I'd read it, and I did. Um, but uh, it was really, it was really cool. Yeah. Folsom, Too bad you Folsom don't know people. how to write. I know. I don't even know where the post office bad is killing. in this town. <laughs> um. Hey. Okay. March the fifth. If you yes. want to talk about bears and bear hunting in this part of the world, m- Mid America, the 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 Southern Highlands. Uh, come to Rogers, Arkansas, March the fifth. Moe's gonna be there. Uh, I, Josh will be there. i gonna be there. I don't know. Maybe Dan will be there. I'm gonna try. Um, we're gonna. It, it's called the Black Bear Bonanza. Arkansas BHA is putting it on, and we're gonna. It's gonna be. It's a real deal lineup. We're gonna have a black bear biologist panel. I'm pretty sure the Arkansas bear biologist Myron Means will be there. I I, I believe Laura Conley. Uh, the uh, Missouri bear biologist or, or yeah, large carnivore biologist up there will be there. And probably somebody from Oklahoma. And uh I'm gonna be there. We're gonna have an Hooten contest. Man, ooh, I ooh. would drive across the country to go to a real live Hooten contest. <laughs> yep, you're gonna have to compete against Mo shepherds. I'm not even Good stepping luck. up to the plate. Yeah. Hey <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give a foreshadowing sneak peek that'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Two days ago, I was in Will Primo's house, and we al-hooted. I, I, he al-hooted for me. I al-hooted for him.
1: And what, he, like, what was like?
3: feedback? I'm not going to tell you what was said. Have you improved like, <laughs> lately?
0: <laughs> I, I'm probably the same. I found al-hooters I, don't improve much. They just kind of either have you it, hit it the they the don't. You plateau. Yeah, you plateau out. But how about that? <laughs>
1: That's pretty That's cool. That's
0: pretty good. You'll, you'll see it.
1: That's pretty cool. Trust me.
0: You'll see it. We did a How little, old is did Will a little crow calling too.
1: How old Will is Primos Will? Is, is he'll be seventy years say, old? Should 70. we say
2: his age? I mean, we're just telling all. Yeah, well, I know. I mean,
3: keep he, some secrets. I
2: mean, yeah, he was young when I was
3: young. He was young <laughs> when he. <were>. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just leave
0: it there. That was the foreshadow. So March fifth. That's pretty cool. Come, it's an all-day event. I think we're going to try to render some bear fat. Oh, cool. uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Where's uh, it at? It's at in it's Rogers It's at, at Quail Barn in Rogers, Quail. Arkansas. It's Quail like, barn. It's like an event center type deal. Okay. Uh, number two, as we're closing down, you can buy bear grease hats now on the MeatEater dot com. That man, they were out of stock for like four months, and uh, they just they just came back in, and so I ordered mine the other day. You got my some? wife ordered mine for me. Good. Or hey, good. where's the Panther, Panther? hat, man? Man, you know what?
2: I, mm sometimes
0: promises <laughs> don't come through as quickly as you'd like them to and i have nothing to do with that unfortunately uh they're coming yeah we're gonna have some believer it's got a black panther on it you got a believer yeah <laughs> you're
4: believer of
0: and it's gonna happen um so that's gonna happen there's also some bear grease shirts there's one that says acorn and it's got an acorn with a big mustache, <laughs> and it says Bear Grease. It's a cool Love shirt. It. It's a great shirt. <laughs> it is a good look. Uh, there's also a, a, a shirt. Those are on the website. I yeah, think, those right? are for sale. You yeah. can buy those right now. There's a shirt that has a, jar, a mason jar of Bear Grease, and it says Bear Grease, and it has all, lists all the things you can do with Bear Grease. And there's another one that I haven't promoted that's a big barred owl flying through the air, and it says, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> Bardow, like a quote you see what i'm saying <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah and that's so awesome. Uh, anyway Bardow, bear grease um and then uh, the the acorn shirt so you can check all that out thanks guys hey i hope it was clear that the reason i could interrogate these guys like i did is because these are two of the best deer hunters that i know bar none for sure so that's the only reason I can manhandle these guys, and, and it's an honor to be you, in the room. You don't know all that many hunters, in do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys, both you guys, for sure at the at the very top of the heap in my book for this part of the world, for sure. So thank you guys for being a part of the the, Enjoy the it. podcast. Thank Enjoy you for
5: it. the kind words.
0: Yeah, rest of you, doe hunters. <laughs> Good luck. Here. Doe hunters and the four-inch
3: <laughs> hey trap catchers. did you
0: have – you want to tell us that story you were dying to tell? Oh, no, not really. <laughs> not really. You know,
4: you know, the thing that I enjoy the most right now is just, uh, you know, getting out in the wilderness and a side-by-side. Side. So, you know, but no, no. I are done. Secret. I'm done. Secret. I'm done.
2: Secret. You have to wait. Getting out of the wheelder just burn them to wait on that one. side by side of the ground. Burn
0: <laughs> to the ground. You want to see that picture? It's on my Instagram.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've looked All at right. it a few
0: times. Thanks, guys. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats in camo. They're included in this sale. And all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at FirstLight.com. F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com.